The meditation here is really to serve you. And it has one purpose, and that is to awaken to the divine. That's it. That's all we're really doing here is awakening to the divine. And once we awaken, then it's about continuing to live in that divinity that we've awakened to. And that's why you hear me share like I just did in the meditation there at the end, that all we have to do is keep that door open to keep living that divinity. It's just understanding and knowing how to do that, but then doing it. All the talking gives the information, the how-to, the direction, the intention, the purpose, the focus, the awareness. But at some point, we have to take all those words, all the information, and start to apply it and to take the action because it is only the action that is going to produce the experience. Notice I didn't say results. I said the experience. Results-oriented is what the world is about. Experience is what spirit is about. We're going for spiritual experience here, not worldly results. I know a lot of the times we're always looking for those solutions to our problems in the world, how to heal the body, the emotions, the mind, how to be happier, how to have a more fulfilling physical life, how to have more joy and happiness in this world with ourselves, with our family, with our friends. But all of that is still an outer focus. Even if it's your own peace and joy inside, that's still an outer focus, believe it or not. When I say outer, anything outside of the spirit, and this is kind of a lie that I'm saying because there's nothing outside of spirit. So what I'm really saying is it is simply our attention that goes out into creation and these other levels of consciousness. Because who we are really is spirit, that is divine, that is in all things, just as we say God is in all things. Well, we are the expression of God that is in all things. And so what we're doing in meditation is awakening to the God that we are that is in all things. So in truth, there's nothing inside and outside. It just all is and who we are. But in this world of duality, we often speak of it as inner and outer, up and down, left and right. That's the duality of this world. So we speak of it that way. But understand, the words are just ways to try to give understanding and description so that we can direct ourselves into the experience of the divine that we are. Don't give your power away to the words that we share here because the words will always mislead you because the words are of the world. They're not of spirit. Spirit is spirit. That's it. And spirit is essence. It is loving. It's consciousness. It's awareness. It's not words. Words are just expressions, they're things, they're material, even though they seem intangible, 
but yet they're material in a worldly sense. I know a lot of people say words have power. They do not have power other than the power we give the words. But guess what? That doesn't mean the words actually have power. We are the ones who have the power that we are placing in the words, or shall I say through the words. The words have no power. The only true source of power in every creation and every level of consciousness is the spirit of loving that God is and that we are. That is the only true power. Without that power, this world would not exist. Our bodies would have no life. Our imagination would have no life. Our emotions would have no energy. Our minds would have no thoughts because it is only the power of the Spirit that creates, that animates, that gives life to every other aspect of consciousness that we speak of. And so this is a core understanding to be aware of as you walk your spiritual journey, to realize that you are the power that you are expressing through all these vehicles of the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body, and the words, and everything else. Even the cars come and go. And if you get in a car, well, the car sits there. It's dead until you, the source of energy, get in there and turn on the ignition. Where you say, well, it's got an engine and ignition and gasoline. That powers the car. No, it doesn't. It lays dormant unless you are in that car igniting it. Does that make sense? This journey of spiritual awakening is one we have to give credit and acknowledge the truth of who we are and how it works in order for us to wake up and no longer play the game of giving our power away. That's a distraction. We've given our power to all the expressions, and all we've done is gotten caught up in the expression that which we've given our power to. That's the distraction. That's how we use the word distraction here in Inner Light Ministries. And all we're doing here is redirecting our attention back to the source of that power that is life itself that gives life and expression to everything. So all we're doing here is redirecting our attention back to that source, who we are, and that which God is. It's really one and the same. I like to call it just a step-by-step -step action because that action of turning around in our consciousness and going back up inside to the soul through the action of meditation is the first step to awaken to the God that we are. And as we awaken to the God that we are, well then, who we are then begins to know turn towards and awaken to that which is our source, our creator. But that's the simplicity of this. And yes, we go into all these other actions of how do we liberate the soul from those things we've given our power away to. So that which we talk about taking responsibility for our thoughts and feelings and our actions and reactions and how to do that 
by loving and accepting and forgiving. These are simply the ways by which we now bring that focus back to ourselves and away from all those things that we've expressed and given our power into to give life. The hard thing is all those things we've given power to and given life to, when we begin to pull back that life that we've given there and to bring it back to ourselves and in and up to God, well then guess what? The very things that are now animated and have life, whether they're belief systems, emotional feelings, fantasies in our imagination or our body itself or the physical things in the world that we've created, even relationships with each other, when we start to bring that energy source of life itself that we've put into that, when we bring it back, that's where we find the challenge and the struggle because all those things we've given life to begin to die. And it is that dying process that's the hard, challenging part of the spiritual journey. Because the world looks at life and death, or birth and death. How about that instead? Because life itself is eternal. That conscious awareness, the I am that I am, that is who we are, is eternal and always living. It never dies. Who we are never dies. But that which we've given life to does die, including this body. So we've got to get real and acknowledge and get honest with the process and the action that goes on here if we are really going to wake up and know the divine that we are. We have to have a willingness to be honest, to let go, to return that life force back to ourselves that we've given to these other expressions and allow these things to die off or to drop away. Just like when somebody we're close to physically dies, the process we go through in that letting go and releasing can be very painful because of all the life that we have placed into it. And that's okay. We don't want to make this wrong. We don't want to avoid any of this. Rather, we want to be totally open and acknowledge and be vulnerable and participate and engage the process of life and death in this case because we have to engage in those areas that we have placed our life force. If we are going to reclaim and liberate that life force and free ourselves from all these things that we've given life to. This is called karma and attachments, okay? I'm speaking about it a little differently today in a more real and practical way, the way it works, rather than words that maybe have been overused and we take for granted and don't really understand what they mean anyway. So maybe it's time to have some greater understanding I have found that's always assisted me to have greater understanding of how things work because in that it gives me the awareness to make the choices 
that I want to make that are important to me. And that's up to each of us to determine what is important for ourselves. Jim and I are not here to tell anybody how to live their lives. We're not. And I would ask you, don't put that upon us anymore. A lot of people put a lot on us. But guess what? I understand how that works. That's what we do with any spiritual teacher or authority figure. We look to some other source other than ourselves when we don't have the understanding, when we're afraid. So we look to some source outside of ourselves to tell us how things are, tell us how to do, how to be, tell us how to be happy, how to live, what's the right and the wrong. And that's the challenge in the world. So I'm sure it's even challenging, even for those of you who have been doing ILM for a while, to hear me say something like this. But if you understand what I'm really saying, I'm actually sharing how this way works to truly empower yourself and liberate your soul so that you wake up and you really know who you are as a divine, living, loving essence of God and free yourself so that you, the divine spark that is trapped here in this body, in imagination and emotions and mind, can really begin to get free and return back into the spiritual realms, the spiritual creation, the soul realm, the realms of spirit, that ocean of loving that we speak of that is the beingness of God itself. That ocean of loving has always been spoken of through every saint and master that has always taught this pathway. The ocean love and mercy is truly the beingness of God that is loving itself. And that's what we're doing here in Inner Light Ministries is the very same thing that has always been spoken about. It is a way, a path, an action, a focus, an intention, a purpose. And all we have to do is learn and understand how to do that. But it is up to us to make the choice freely for ourselves it is not for Jim and I or anybody else for that matter to tell you what to do and how to live. That is your job. That is your responsibility is to learn for yourself. And we will only learn by making choices and taking action and having experience, whether it's spiritual experience, mental experience, emotional experience, Imaginational experience or physical experience, it's all the same. We make the choices ourselves, and that determines our experience. And you want to start making conscious choices with awareness and understanding. That's how you free yourself and empower yourself. All we're doing here is giving the information of how or what, if it is spirit that you are choosing. That's up to you. That's up to you. But when you really choose to do that, well, you're going to open a door and you're going to begin to have some kind of experience. Even if you don't have all these spiritual visions and out-of-body experiences you hear us talk about in here, even if you only experience 
is just more peace. Even if it's just, oh wow, I see a purple light. I do feel something on my head. Wow, my life seems to be less stressful. Things seem to be working out a little bit better, more smoothly. Pay attention. If you really do this, you are going to have experience, regardless of how you interpret it as spiritual or any other way, you are going to have experience simply by taking the action. But you have to take the action. That's the key. If it's just information and all you do is talk about this, maybe a nice conversation. But at some point, we've got to take the action and have experience. So it's the experience of the divine that liberates and sets the soul free. And it is through that we awaken to our oneness with God. So go for the experience. You have to take action to do that. And in that, the rest of it is the approach. How are you going to approach our learning? You heard me last class when I shared about during Q&A time. How you approach this action with spirit will determine what your experience is. So even here in the physical level, if you approach Q&A with an openness, with a loving, with the vulnerability, well, guess what? It returned to you. Yeah, it's the whole phrase, what goes around comes around. That's what I'm talking about. So when you approach even the Q&A, look at it as an action of how you approach God, and that determines what your experience is going to be. If you approach God with fear and closed down or wanting to argue and going for the fight, well, that's what you're going to get. If you approach God with loving and vulnerability and openness and honesty, giving and receiving, that's what you're going to get. In other words, we determine our own experience by our choices and our actions. We are truly the creator of our lives on every level. That's what's going on here. A lot of us are so caught up in trying to sort out all of our issues with each other. We just can't get along with one another. We're trying to sort out our issues within ourselves. We can't get along with ourselves. We don't like the way we think about ourselves or how we feel about ourselves, and we're always judging ourselves. Isn't it crazy? We can't even get along with ourselves, let alone one another. But if you understand how this works, if you can't get along with yourself, well, guess what? That's what you're going to be creating in the world around you. No wonder you can't get along with anybody else. Because that's what you're doing in yourself. And whatever we're running in here, well, this world is a reflection. It is a mirror of consciousness. That's why you hear Jim and I refer to it as the lake of reflection. It reflects back to us that which we are actually running inside of ourselves. But the way it reflects to us is what we project onto the mirror. 
So listen to what I'm saying here. What is reflected to us is what we are doing in ourselves that we project onto the mirror. Get that straight, because I know a lot of people who walk spiritual pathways, or so-called pathways, and they're always looking at other people, what they're reflecting back to them. This isn't about the other person. Don't look at what other people are reflecting back to you. They're not. They're projecting on you what their process is. They're not reflecting back to your own. They're projecting on you what their process is. And guess what you're doing to them? You are projecting your process onto them. Is this a little clear? I hope so, because that comes up a lot. You might not hear say, well, what are they reflecting back to me? They're not. They're projecting to you what their process is. And you are projecting onto them. So it's called, don't look at other people's projections. Look at your own projection and learn from your reflection. That's where the challenge is. When we feel projected upon, we go into reaction, we push back and then project our stuff on them. And then they feel ours and they react and project their stuff back on us. And we can never get through it and we're always butting heads and going, oh my God, what is wrong with them? And then we go, what is wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with anybody. You're just screwed up in the way you're looking at it. In other words, start looking at your own projections rather than the other person's. That itself will begin to give you clarity and understanding of what's going on. You don't get the clarity and understanding when you're caught up in somebody else's projecting and trying to figure it out and you keep personalizing it. That's what happens. We project on one another, but then we try to personalize the other person's projection. That will always screw us up. You cannot take on another person's projection. That's theirs. The challenge is we try to take on the projections. That's called personalizing. You know, everybody says, don't take this personal. Well, what are they saying is, don't take this personal. Well, that's the truth because that's their stuff. They're about ready to dump on you. But that's the same thing you're doing to them. And everybody thinks, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's them. They're the problem. It's called stop personalizing what other people project on you and start personalizing what you're projecting. That's all you have to deal with. When you start to personalize your own projections, you're going to learn your lessons. When you're willing to finally let go of what everybody else is projecting on you, well, you're going to have a lot of freedom just with that alone. Then you'll be able to see what your projections are. This is where forgiveness comes in. Often we start with forgiveness out here. I forgive them for what they did to me. Well, that's fine. It's not about them, but if you need to start there, but you see starting there can be good because if you are caught up in somebody else's projection on you and you're trying to personalize it, well, yeah, forgive them. In other words, Give back the projection. Let go of the projection. Stop personalizing and taking on what the world is telling you. Forgive the world. And that itself will hopefully, eventually, well, it will. If you really do it, it will work. And you'll start to get a little greater clarity now of what it is you are projecting on to this lake of reflection.
And then when you can do that, then you can start to now learn by looking in the mirror to learn your lessons. Your lessons are simply the energy you've put into these projections. So now, if you go back to where I was starting, you are the source of power, and wherever you put your life force, you give life to. That's called the projection. So I'm talking about the same thing right now in a little different way. So that projection is where you've directed your life force. And all you have to do is start looking at what that is that you've given life to, that projection. When you're willing to start looking at that and facing up to it, getting honest and open and acknowledge what you are doing, what you're projecting, when you can do that, That's called acceptance, by the way. And when you can do that, that's where all those karmas, all those lessons that we're trying to learn now will be learned and fulfilled because we're finally willing to look and to learn. And when we do that, then all of a sudden when we see that projection on that mirror of life and really acknowledge it take ownership, well, that's another way I talk about taking responsibility for our thoughts and feelings, actions and reactions. It's called take ownership for of our thoughts and feelings, our actions and reactions. Take ownership. That is taking responsibility. Responsibility is the ability not only to respond, but the ability to take ownership of these projections. And that taking ownership is now reclaiming that which we've given our life force to. And when we do that, there's where the fulfillment and completion and liberation comes. This is how this works. This is where I like to say, I like to try to demystify the mysticism around spiritual pathways. I want to make it practical and understandable so that we can really apply it and live it and then really get the essence, the value, the fullness of the experience that is there for us. Because what I'm talking about here is the way life actually works. I'm not talking about a method or a way of how to do something at, at exclusion to anything else. I'm talking about and sharing here the way life itself actually works. And if you understand how that works, it doesn't matter what the details are. You will be able to work with it no matter what it is. I like to call it just getting real. But getting real only happens when we have an understanding and participate and take action. That's why in here you, talk, you hear us talk about engaging in life, participating, not avoiding. Spiritual liberation and freedom has nothing to do with avoiding or trying to bypass. Spiritual freedom and liberation comes with engaging and learning and loving. That's how it takes place. I avoided for so many years in my own life 
The longer I avoided, the more distressed I became. And then once I finally started to participate and not avoid, everything started to open up. And in that opening, all the learning, the understanding comes, and then all the loving that spirit is. People always ask, well, what are the blessings of spirit? Well, guess what? The blessings of spirit are you learning from your projections, your learning, your lessons. Learning the lessons is how loving is fulfilled and awakened inside of us. It's really much more simple than we realize. This is not complex. We just have to allow ourselves. This is a big one, allowing ourselves. So as you know, a few classes ago, we handed out honoring our time together, ways of being. We used to call them guidelines. Well, they're not guidelines. They truly are ways of being. Refer back to those. All that we laid out there are tools or ways that can serve you to really live and awaken to the truth of what this loving is and this pathway of sound and light that we share of here. This is about you. This is not about ILM. This is not about the outer events. This is about you and how you can really awaken and live the truth of spirit. It's great to get here and be social and share with one another, but that's not what this is about here. This isn't really about a social gathering. The cool thing is, when you really come here for the reason of truly waking up to your own divinity, then when we do get together, well, then it's a nice experience in the physical. I don't know of any better social gathering than a gathering of loving. But that only happens when we really do what needs to be done inside for the outer reflection to reflect the very thing we're living inside. So if we can really live the loving inside, guess what we're going to project now onto the mirror? Loving. And that's always going to be a nice experience rather than the struggles and the games in the world. We're always beating our head against the mirror or beating our head against somebody else together against the mirror. So I don't know if I'm done talking yet or not. I'm looking because there's a lot more I thought I was going to say. But as you know here, Jim and I really do our best to really follow that flow of the Holy Spirit as it lays it out. This isn't Jim and Brian laying things out. It's the Holy Spirit. And all we're doing is following along the best we can. And isn't that the key for us all? 
is to follow that flow of the Holy Spirit as it lives in and through each of us. That really is the key. That's why we're sharing. This isn't even about what Jim and I say. It's not about the words. This is about you truly awakening and following that flow, the Holy Spirit, the loving, that God essence for yourself, within yourself. And in order to do that, that's what we talk about in here is how to do that and how to let go of those things that stop you from doing that and how to just simply refocus. That's what a lot of it is. Really, that's the simplicity. Because I know, and sometimes even getting caught up in what I was just sharing of how to learn from the reflection and the projections and how to work with that, sometimes we can get too caught up in the process and lose our focus from just really loving God and receiving God's love for us. So, ever pay attention. And be aware of where you are placing your focus. And yes, there are the times that understanding how to learn the lessons and work with LAF and taking responsibility are important. They're needed. We have to do them. But don't make that your priority. Let that be secondary. Make your priority God first and God only. Because when you do that, well, then the other is going to be fulfilled. You've got to make God first and open to that flow of loving. And in that flow of loving, all that we share about in here, you're going to come to discover and know for yourself. That's why I said it's the Holy Spirit leading this, not Gemini. We're just sharing what we know and what we have learned through our own experience. Well, that sharing of our experience is to assist you to have your own experience so that you truly come awake and aware and know as well. This isn't anything exclusive or making us special. This is about all of us awakening to that truth that we all are. There's no exclusivity to that. There's no specialness to that. That makes us all the same. All the same. We're all that divine, living, loving essence of God. All of us. The only difference is our experience. It's just a matter of experience. And that's what we're doing here in this world, in this creation, is having experience, learning from our experience. And in sharing our experience is this simply an action of support and service, how we can assist one another. Because what are we doing when we share our experience but sharing our loving with one another? Sometimes we don't know how to share loving. So we'll say, I love you. We'll give a hug. We'll give a smile. We'll do whatever. Well, sharing our experience is just another way of sharing our loving. And so is listening and receiving. So I say it's a two-way street here, to give and to receive. Allow yourself to receive loving from God inside. Allow yourself to receive God from one another. Allow yourself to receive just as much as you give. So if you want to receive more, give more. 
If you want to give more, you've got to be willing to receive more so that you've got something to give. Of course, I'm speaking spiritually here. But remember, in this world of reflection, well, that can be mirrored into the world. There's all kinds of things we can give even physically. So when we talk about abundance, it all comes from our spiritual abundance and however that reflects into the world. And the world is just a mirror for us to learn, to see how we're living within. But don't get caught up and lost in the outer reflection. Let the outer reflection serve you as a tool. That's all it is, is a tool to serve you. When you give your power away to the world, you're now serving the world. Let the world be the tool that it is, the mirror of reflection, to serve you so that you begin to awaken and learn and come awake and aware. Understand how it works, and then it really can serve you. So know yourself, know God, and know how this takes place. It's interesting. I've been going through a lot of relooking. I don't want to call it even reevaluation, but just relooking at my own life, what I have done in my world, my life, uh, what I've accomplished, what I haven't accomplished. And it's been a very interesting walk, if you will, over these last couple of weeks. I have begun to see, you know, how much I have really done and fulfilled in the world. And I've done good. I've done very well with it. And I'm glad I can look at it and really say that in truth. At times, I've judged myself very harshly. I often have put myself down because I think I could do it better. I see other people may be doing something and I think they do it better. And I begin to compare myself and then it's on a downward slope. But lately I've been really looking very closely, just in a very loving and neutral way with myself. And I can really see how I have really been very fulfilled by all that I have been doing how I have lived my life, how consistent I am in this flow of spirit. And I know that this is true for all of us, even though we may not know it. I know that just as I see my fulfillment, my accomplishments, my success, my movement forward, I would hope that you can look and see in your life the same thing, because it's there. It's all right there. And if you're walking this pathway, you're walking it because you have been successful. You have been living your life, not just this one, but lives in focus, with intention, with direction. And you've taken more and more responsibility for yourself. Look in just this lifetime. 
and how you have truly taken on more and more responsibility for yourself, not others, not family members, nothing in the world, just with yourself. You are paying attention more and more to your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. You are taking responsibility and transforming your life by changing what it is you want to change. You realized that you're in charge, not the world. You're in charge of that inner kingdom that lies within you, where your thoughts and your feelings do reside and do play and act and react. So look and see when you're really down on yourself and we all go through those periods where we are, where we feel alone, where we feel empty, where we feel not successful, not doing it right, not getting where I need to be. Look and see. Stop. And just be loving with yourself for a moment. And look and truly see the truth of who you are and where you are. Where you were Five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's very different from where you are today. And why is it different? Because I can take you out into the world and show you people that have been living their life 20, 30, 40 years. And today they're living the same day they lived 40 years ago. The same thoughts, the same feelings, the same reactions, the same process. So what is different about you? That truly you have been on an upward pathway, a movement of growth and change and awakening. It's because your soul is stirred. God stirred your soul into action so that you would begin this journey homeward, inward and upward, letting go more and more of this world, the illusions of this world, the beliefs of this world, the reactions of this world, and begin to look and walk and see that inner pathway of light and sound, of joy and loving, and begin returning home, back into the soul realm and above, back into your true home. And that is your success, that is your joy to look and know and be that which you are. Don't look out into the world and do comparison. It's easy to do. It's all around you. There's things out there that you had wanted in your life somewhere and somebody's got them. And you see that somebody's got them and you want them. And you wonder, why didn't I get that? I set a goal for that. Why didn't I get that? Why did they? Well, go ahead and have the fun of the little comparisons. That's fine. Enjoy the little heartache and the pain and the 
disturbance, but just do it for a little bit, not for a long time. And then let that disturbance be a reminder of, wait a minute, I'm not doing my life this way. This doesn't serve me. That which serves me is focusing on God, loving myself, loving others, being grateful for everything in my life. I was talking to someone who has cancer just a few days ago. And they were telling me that they themselves have been going through a lot of reevaluation of their life because of what this cancer has made them look at. Things that they have ignored, things that they could have been doing differently. And as we were talking, they said, you know, the one thing I can say about this cancer is I am so grateful for it. I learned to really love this cancer. I don't love the chemotherapy. I don't love all the treatments. I don't love all that. I haven't gotten there yet. But I love the cancer because it has woken me up. Where other people might look at it as a curse, as a, an action of God against me, I see it as something that's really wonderful because it has stopped me in my tracks and it has made me reevaluate who I really am, why I'm really here, and what's really important. Well, we all haven't had cancer, but I think in some ways we all have had events in our life somewhere that has stopped us in our tracks for a moment. I've had it. I've had those events where something just literally stops me in my tracks and makes me look and see, what am I doing? Why am I doing it this way? What could I be doing differently? And fortunately, I was conscious enough at those times to pay attention and to begin to make changes. That's what's different about you than a lot of the other people in the world today. You're living your life more consciously. You become awake, aware, and action-wise moving forward. You're taking action in your life. You're making choices. You're making changes. And I would say the greatest change, the greatest action that you have taken is you have inside of you this statement, God first and God only. And at first it sounded like, oh, that's nice. That's a nice statement. I don't know how you do it, but it's a nice statement. But the more that runs inside of you, the more you speak it over and over again and again, the more it begins to live in you, the more you begin to live into it. And all of a sudden, one day in your meditation, one day in your daily life, just driving down the street, all of a sudden you realize what it means to be God first and God only. When you really come to that point in this action of meditation, you have crossed a threshold.
You have truly crossed a threshold because you are now moving into the greater oneness with that action of God's loving. You're moving into the greater oneness across that threshold of consciousness into the knowing of yourself truly as soul first and not this body. When you're in this body, yeah, we talk about the soul and we talk, you know, about how I'm soul, I'm the soul. But in truth, you still walk around the world a lot looking at yourself as the body, trying to wake up into the soul. And that's really in a case-by-case measure where we are. But every time you sit down and meditate, and every time you let go for a moment of this physical consciousness and allow yourself to glimpse into and wake up into that presence of the soul that is you inside, you begin to let go of this world and this body. And you begin to live into that flow of loving that is true and that is only the only thing that is God's loving. And you wake up into the knowing that you are a part of that divine movement, that you are the living, loving essence of the Lord. So when I say God first and God only, what I want to see happen inside of you is you wake up to the knowing of God in you, that you truly are God in manifestation, moving forth into all of creation to have experience. You're not here just to figure out, well, am I going to have eggs or pancakes this morning for breakfast? That's not really important, though it may really seem like it is at the moment. What's really important is that you wake up more and more each day into the greater knowing of you, you the divine, you the true, you the loving, and live that, live that as best you can every day. And believe me, it's not going to be 100%. It really isn't. I wish it could be. I wish you could live in the bliss of the divine loving of God in you all the time. But as long as you're in the body and in the world, it's going to be all kinds of different things go on. But once you have witnessed that movement of the divine in you, once you have experienced it, moving, it's loving in you and through you, once you have tasted of that sweet nectar of God's loving. No matter what else happens in the world, you're always going to be looking up to God first and to really God only because you know now where your truth resides, where your loving resides. 
That's what this meditation is about. It's to go inside and disconnect from this world for a few minutes and connect back into the knowing of yourself for who you truly are. If you are a child of God, if you are the living, loving essence of the Lord, wouldn't you rather live from that place? Wouldn't you rather know that, experience that, and be that in your daily life? There are times where I go into my humanness, my disturbance, but I can look up, and right in the middle of all my disturbance, I can look up and know who I really am and look at my disturbance and me running through it and kind of laugh inside, going, yep, here I go again. But that's a part of who I am at this level. That's the God in me having experience in this creation. It's not for me to take that experience away. It's for me to go through that experience and in that experience, learn from it. Grow from it. Don't avoid opportunity to learn. Don't avoid experience. That's what your soul came here to do. Do you know that the moment you have fulfilled the last experience God had planned for you to experience in this creation, and it's done, you go home. Because there's no need for you, aspect of God that is you, to stay here in the world anymore. Because your journey's done. Why waste your time? Been here, done that, let's go. But the more you avoid your experiences, the more you avoid the opportunities to experience, to learn, to grow, to become more fully that which is God in you, the longer this journey can get. And if you avoid them long enough, well, we'll just slip into another body somewhere and continue the journey. Continue the experience. So think about it. The next time something comes up in your life, a challenge, a disturbance, a belief, a conversation with someone, look and see what is the experience here? What is the opportunity here for me to grow? What is there for me to learn? I don't have to teach them anything. They have to learn their lessons their way. I'm going to learn my lessons my way. And what is karma? Unlearned lessons. You don't want karma in your life? Learn your lessons. It's just that simple. They make karma to be so much more in the world than it really needs to be. The spiritual truth is so simple, so direct, so available to each and every one of us. But the mind of man has created hell on earth 
with that simplicity. They have created dogmas and laws and rituals that pull you out of that inner focus on God and out into the world. And that's okay because that's a part of the experiential journey too. But now it's time for you on this pathway to get as simple as you can. Simple in your belief, simple in your action, simple in your loving. Simple, simple, simple. Because God is so, so simple. You will be amazed when you really, truly enter into that presence of God inside of you and know the simplicity of it. God is loving. Loving is simple. It doesn't have a lot of things added to it. It is loving. And out of loving came all things, all things. But in its truest form, which is in the very heart of God, in the very nature of God, it is simple. It is loving. And that's the focus of this meditation, to close our eyes and go within and be in loving with God and share our loving with God and open and receive God's loving. It's loving, 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 loving. Don't make it any more than that. And whatever comes out of that loving event of experience, let it be. Go with it. Do it. Experience God then in a great movement of the divine flow. The flow of love and grace and peace and joy, of forgiveness and acceptance. There's all that in there, and that all will move within your meditation once you begin to truly live into that movement of sharing and receiving in God's loving. But it all starts in loving, and ultimately it ends in loving. You truly are the living, loving essence of the Lord. Don't hold on dearly to people in the world. Be with them, share with them, enjoy them. But don't make them everything in your life. Make God everything in your life. And let all that is in the world let it just be for the pleasure of it, for the enjoyment of it, in that moment. And then let it go. Don't hold on to a moment and try to recreate it and try to drag it into the next moment. Let go of that moment and move forward into what's next. So many of us hold on, reminisce, what more of 
what was. I have a friend that I knew from the age of nine. And the last time I talked to him, he was still reminiscing about how he was captain of a football team in high school. That was his big moment in life. And he would still talk about it. If you picked up the phone with him, didn't even know him, and I introduced you to him on the phone and you started talking, I would guarantee within 15, 20 minutes, you'd hear the scores, you'd hear everything about different games where he was successful, where he was the greatest captain. He's not living today. He's not living this moment. He's living back when he was 17 years old. Don't do that. That's not going to get you very far. Because life doesn't move backward. It moves forward. And if you're not moving forward with that flow of life, then where are you? Where are you? you want to live life, move with that flow of life. Move with it. And what is that flow of life? Loving. That's all it is. It's just loving. Stand in loving, move in loving, live in loving, and you're ever on that pathway, that journey, that movement forward into the very heart of God. God isn't going to let you stay stagnant. Haven't you ever noticed it? You are ever moving, even if you don't want to. You grew up, you became 18. They kicked you out of high school. Yeah, they gave you a diploma and said, oh, you graduated, go, have fun. But that's kicking you out of high school. They're kicking you out into adulthood. Yeah, go have fun. Welcome to the real world, as they would say. Haven't you ever had points in your life like that where all of a sudden something just changes and your life is transformed and you had no choice on it at all? And then you resisted it, you pushed against it, you tried to stop it, you got angry with it. Next time that happens, see if you can relax into it just a little bit more. See if you can find the loving in that which you're resisting. And see if you can move with it to an easier, gentle experience, expression, and learning because that's a lesson there that's for you to learn. So it's been an interesting two weeks for me because I've been looking back over my life, back since I was five, looking at all the things I've done, all the things I've experienced as best I could. And I can see where I did myself hold on to things for a while because I didn't want it to be different. Or I kept trying to go back into situations that had already been experienced 
and trying to regroup them and bring them forward to now. I want that right now. That was a good time. I want that now. I don't want this it's now. And I can see where I began to learn by awareness, by observation, by participation. I began to learn how to transform situations in my life, how to take everything in the moment more and more and more. I remember the day I did graduate from high school. And in a way, it was like really being kicked out into the world because I wasn't going to go to college. We didn't have the funds. So I had to go to work. So the day after I graduated from high school, I was out applying for jobs, and three days later, I was working at a store. I went into a whole other world I had never ever thought about before. My life had been school and home and play and homework and all of that for a number of years. And then all of a sudden, in three days, I was in the store and this man's telling me, okay, well, I'm your boss, I'm the manager of the place, and these are your duties. And you've got to learn them and learn them fast and get them done. And boy, he meant it. If I flubbed up somewhere along the line, he was right on my tail going, Jim, over here, you didn't do that. Get that done first. And I felt like I was just being followed and observed in everything I did. I was afraid to go to the restroom because I probably was doing it wrong. So... I looked at it one night. I was really upset. I didn't like this whole feeling of having to be under somebody's control. I had to do it their way. I couldn't do my life. I couldn't do my way. I couldn't, you know, be happy in, in what I was doing necessarily. And I had to look at it and decide, okay, what am I going to do with this? Do I quit? I could quit. Do I stay and stick this out and push my way through it? Or is there something else I can do? Well, I realized that there was something else I could do. And I could go in and not just listen to my boss say, hey, get that done, you didn't do that. Get that over there done. I could pay attention and listen and then follow through with what he had given me to do. Rather than be in resistance, upsetness, fear. Gosh, what if I don't get it done? Is he going to fire me? Gosh, I wonder if I get unemployment if I just only worked here a few days. <laughs> well, all those thoughts ran through my mind. But I decided instead to pay attention, to listen, and to even write down what he said. So I would have it right in front of me to make sure I was getting things done in the order and the way that he wanted it. And it transformed my whole experience of moving into 
the world of work, the world at large. It transformed it. And I began to enjoy what I was doing. And I have to say, I enjoyed most every day I worked from the age of 18 until 33. 33 is when I left the work world and began doing this full time. I really enjoyed it. And it was because of the attitude I developed back then at the age of 18 with myself and with any situation of work here. And that's just one area where I saw very clearly how I had learned to grow and work with my experiences and complete them. And when they get complete, just like at the age of 33, it was complete. It wasn't complete at the age of 19. It wasn't complete at the age of 25. That experience for me was from the age of 18 to 33. But when it was done, it was done. That's how this works. It's going to be done when it's done. And you just do what's present right now and do it. And do it. And do it. And do it. Until it gets complete. You can't proclaim it's complete. God, I've done it. It's done. I'm complete. Let's do something other than this. And God goes, in time, yeah, but when? When in time? I'm tired of in time. What is your time? Better just to live today, to live this moment, to fulfill what's right there in front of you and move on to the next and move on to the next day and whatever. And then one day you do come to that place where it is done. And it's time to move to something else, to do something different. That's for all of us to pay attention to. Because it all works very much the same for all of us. None of us here can really play the victim. Because there is nothing victimizing you except you. You are the villain that is creating the victim inside of you. If you feel sorry for yourself, if you complain about yourself, if you talk negative about yourself inside, you're victimizing you. If you accept other people's statements about you, and start living them out as your own, you're victimizing yourself because you have a choice. You can do it differently. All you have to do is change your way of thinking, change your way of action, take greater responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. Oh my God, when is he going to ever stop saying that? When you start doing it. 
because that's the name of the game. It's all very simple, but it all sounds hard, difficult, unimaginable. Can't do that. I don't know what you mean. Well, start trying things out and find out what I mean. Start doing things different and see if that difference doesn't make a difference. It's all that easy. So pay attention and see if you can begin to live more into that one statement. That one statement of loving. God first and God only. And say that over and over inside of yourself until you begin to experience what that's really about. Because that's the key to everything. When you know that for sure in your own experience, what else is there to experience?